but that was six or seven months ago. Mr. Rawlins hesitated. There is the other reason I am deeply concerned. You see, my wife is suffering from Alzheimer's, and Alan always found the time to talk to her, several times a month, even though she doesn't really recall who he is, or who I am, for that matter. Anna felt sorry for the dapper little man. I'll push this through for you, Mr. Rawlins, but as I said, it will have to go through the correct channels, as I am attached to the murder squad and not the missing persons unit. It is they who will need to have all these details. Smiling in reassurance, Anna extricated herself from the interview. She did as she promised, arranging for an officer from the local missing persons unit to take a detailed report from Mr. Rawlins. But then she became completely consumed by her preparation for the forthcoming trial. As her trial at the Old Bailey was nearing a conclusion, Anna saw Detective Chief Superintendent James Langton coming up for a case in another court. He smiled warmly at her. How are you doing? Fine, thank you. Langton made no mention of the tragedy that had happened. The murder of her fiancé, Ken Hudson, a prison officer who had been planning to become a child psychologist. Ken had been killed by a prisoner, Cameron Welsh, who had become obsessed with Anna during a previous investigation. Langton apologised. I've been meaning to call you, but I've had a shed load of cases to deal with. That's okay. I understand. She couldn't tell him that time had done nothing to heal her loss. Work had helped. She had thrown herself into her present case, outwardly succeeding in bearing the gaping pain that sat inside her. Langton went on. Do you know Edward Rawlins? He's a court usher here. Apparently his son Alan is missing. Shame. He was a lovely young guy. I met him a couple of times. I said I'd find out what Mispers had come up with. Anna was eager to leave. She said, I'd better get back in. The prosecution are summing up. Langton moved off. He was very aware of the case she had headed up, her first as Detective Chief Inspector. It was a cut-and-dried investigation, one he knew would not place too much pressure on her, as the suspect had admitted his guilt. Ten years ago, Langton had been emotionally bereft at the unexpected death of his first wife, so he was more than aware of what Anna was going through. He and Anna had once been lovers, so he had encouraged her to take time out, but she had refused, just as he had done all those years ago. He had deliberately made sure her inquiry was one he felt she could handle. Anna returned to court, and after two days, the jury gave their verdict of guilty to murder and not manslaughter, as the defence had argued. Case closed. Anna was packing up the incident room with her colleagues when Langton appeared. He first congratulated her on the successful outcome of the trial, and then asked if he could have a private word. He brought up the misper inquiry regarding Alan Rawlins. It was on the same turf as her last case, and he suggested that she take a look at the possibility that Edward Rawlins was right, and that his son was not missing, but dead. He said, I'm basically looking over it because I like the man, so can you talk to Mispers for me and see what they have to date? If it looks as if it could be a high risk and a possible murder, I'd like you to oversee it. What is the general consensus? Well, his girlfriend thinks he was seeing another woman and just took off, but there is no movement in his bank account, nor any contact with the place he worked at, 
and apparently it is totally out of character that he would go away without letting his dad know. To be honest, it does have a bad feeling about it. So check it out for me, please. And if you want to retain the same team you've been working alongside, go ahead. The following morning, Anna briefed the team, explaining that the missing persons report virtually said what Langton had told her. They had found nothing incriminating and had no evidence to indicate foul play. She told them, If we uncover any possibility of foul play, we'll act on it. But I think uppermost is showing an interest and seeing if Mispers have missed any lines of inquiry. If not, we can then move on and out of this station as planned. Anna, accompanied by her DS, went to meet Tina Brooks that afternoon. Newton Court was only 15 minutes' drive from the Hounslow Police Station, a 1980s modern build with six flats. The reception area was neat and clean, but with no resident doorman.